We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, I'm kind of annoyed that uh, Guzman could come back and take away Valeri's set pieces because they they really are some of the best in the league in terms of, I mean, just the accuracy, velocity, the way he delivers them. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Basso. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is JD Bazo. I'm here with Skylar Redpath. Uh, Andrew Laird is taking another paid vacation courtesy of Rotowire. Uh, I don't know when we're going to see one of those, Skylar, but here we are by ourselves once more, and we've got a lot of MLS to talk about. We have a a big-time nine-game slate on DraftKings. Uh, I think there's two stragglers that don't really get into the, the fantasy slate too much, but we'll touch on those quickly as well. And uh, let's jump right in. How about it? Yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Yeah, I'm ready to uh, to live large like the senior soccer editor that, that Andrew's living. Uh, I guess we could be considered junior soccer editors, so maybe we've got a few more years of, of podcasting until we get those paid vacations out to Cali. <laughs> I'll pass on editing the uh, player notes and skipping the vacation, I think. 
Yeah, that's true. That's that's one of the uh, and- perks of the job for Andrew, I guess you could say. <laughs> All right, so uh, the first game coming up we have is Atlanta United um, hosting Orlando City. Is that correct? Yeah, it is, and this one is. We were talking a little bit before the podcast. This one's not on the main DraftKings slate for Saturday, so and uh, obviously there's only one game on Sunday. So both of those, that game on Sunday is uh, Toronto FC hosting New York City FC. So some big names there, big names in this Atlanta Orlando City game. I'm thinking about reaching out to Burnbach over there at DraftKings and just kind of hinting at a possible little two-game slate for those odd times. See if we can work that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't hold your breath. That that doesn't seem uh, like it's going to happen. But this is a, a repeat of uh, a recent game, I believe. Um, was it last week these two guys played? It was. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Atlanta won one to nothing in Orlando. Um, Guzan debuted with a shutout, so that was pretty cool. And then coming into this week. Um, if you look at the form table, or Orlando is uh, second to last, just ahead of DC United in the Eastern Conference. They have a minus six goal differential. Uh, Atlanta is top of the form table, five wins and one loss in their last six, and they have a plus seven goal differential. So everything kind of points to Atlanta this one. If you are finding somewhere where you need to make a, a fantasy decision based on it, and I've really enjoyed watching Atlanta lately. I think they're getting better as the season goes along. Uh, Yosef Martinez is is largely healthier. I think there's some concern about him headed into this one, but I think Atlanta is kind of a, a team that's going to be a force in the in the playoffs here. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Guzan. Uh, he did what he needed to do. He did what you know what they brought him in to do in his debut. So um, I think they're definitely going to be. I mean, we've talked about it from the the beginning of the season. They're definitely going to be a team. I think that's going to have a make an impact possibly make a run at MLS Cup. So it's fun to see they've put a good team together. I do think uh, Martinez is probably on the doubtful side, though. I I know he was in a a walking boot there for a little while. I think he missed this last game against Orlando City. Um, So not not 100% there, but I think, you know, if you're considering Joseph Martinez in any format, then proceed with caution there. And uh, I guess on the other side, then, yeah, Orlando City, the big news, they just got their guy in Dom Dwyer. Yeah, um, let's not bury the lead. Um, that's right. They paid, I, I guess it's up to $1.6 million, is that correct, for, for Dom Dwyer? Mostly yes. in, in allocation money. That Gam and um, Tam. <laughs> the old Gam and Tam. Uh, we were actually talking before the pod, I guess this might segue into the first game of the DraftKings slate, but Kai Kamara kind of had a little bit of a, a resurgence last week. And I guess you said he came out and made some comments about how he doesn't think he really fits the system that well in New England. He's got to start scoring more goals. And uh, Kansas City is is a place he's been prior in his career. And it's actually a team that I think he might fit pretty well in. Um, he arguably has a better scoring touch than Dwyer, albeit a, a slightly lesser work rate. But um, they, they both need kind of the target striker that makes smart runs and does the work. So... That, that would be kind of interesting to me, especially Juan Agadello is having such a good season. Um, I don't think New England would really miss Kai Kamara that much. They'd probably love to get him off the books. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, and I could I could totally see that move happening with Kai going back to, to Kansas City. I think the fans 
I uh, loved them there. I think Kyle liked it there. So, and yeah, now they've got a, a void to fill. So, I could see it happening. I'm not really thrilled about their attack now that Dwyer's gone. And to be honest, I, I mean, I feel like I'm not the only one that thinks this, but I feel like Orlando City paid way too much for Dwyer. I mean, he's a great, you know, true out and out forward, but I just I feel like that's a, a stretch for him to be the player that gets the the highest transfer fee ever in league history. I, I agree with you personally. Um, you know, I think Dwyer's a, a pretty good striker in the league, but I'm I'm not a Dwyer guy, I would say. Um, he has his limitations for sure. He goes through long stretches where um, he doesn't really produce. But, but he does give a good hustle out there. I mean, he'll always have a high work rate for your team. Maybe in a, a different... Uh, scenario, he's gonna he's gonna work out better in a new system under Jason Kreis. I think it probably means that Laren is gone soon, but it's gonna be fun to watch Dwyer and Laren up top together in a a four four two diamond for Jason Kreis. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, back to your point quickly. I mean, it it boggles my mind that Orlando can't find international players to use Gam and Tam on, uh, given their Brazilian ownership, given that they have Kaká on their team. Um, I would expect that they could be pulling in, uh, I don't want to say better players and insult Dwyer, but I, I would expect they could be bringing in like uh, two or three guys that would have much more impact with the Gam and Tam than one Dwyer. But uh, they've wanted him for a while because he played his USL days there before going to Sporting Kansas City. He was kind of a club legend. So um, good for him. I think he's he's happy to be there apart from having to move away from Sydney LaRue, um, Sydney LaRue Dwyer, rather. But That's right. She's next on the transfer market. <laughs> I'm, sure she, I'm sure before too long we'll be hearing about uh, her moving to Orlando City's uh, you know, women's team over there. So, Who knows? Maybe she wants to, to do her own thing. The, the woman shouldn't always have to move with the man. This is true. true. <laughs> All right, let's dig ourselves out of that one and... Move on to Philadelphia at New England, uh, 7.30 Saturday. We were talking before we started. The beauty of this slate is that eight of the nine games, first of all, the beauty is that there's nine games. That's not something we often get. Um, apart from me having to write up nine games in this weekend's uh, Roto-Wire article, otherwise, I mean, it's everything's great about it. So, And we get to see eight of the nine rosters, or eight of... 16 of the 18 rosters before lineups lock um, or the contest kickoff rather. So that's very exciting. The only one we won't get to see is uh, Los Angeles, Seattle, which is unfortunate because they, they definitely have a pool of different players they could use. But um, yeah, we'll largely get to see all the surprises, all the new young guys that have been getting uh, starts lately. We'll know if they're in or not. And um, Philadelphia is kind of a team that um, has been rotating some players lately, and I, I think they're actually pretty exciting. So let's start to talk about this game here. Yeah, if anybody watched that, well, we're recording this Thursday evening. If anybody watched the game last night on Wednesday, um, Philadelphia beat Columbus Crew 3-0. A uh, huge game from C.J. Sapong. I think he ended up with like plus 25 points, maybe ended on 28. Um, so he's back healthy. And granted, uh, Columbus went down a man fairly early in the game, so that obviously had to do a lot to do with Philadelphia's outburst. Um, but there are still, I think, there's still some value because the Revs aren't the status of of defensive options. They just shipped three goals to LA last week, 
Um, still ended up winning 4-3, but I think we could see some goals here. So I don't mind. Uh, I probably am not going to play Sapong just based on his, you know, uh, role as a forward. He doesn't pick up a ton of points, I guess, if he's not getting on the score sheet with a goal or assist. Um, but I do like um, Marcus Epps. He's minimum price, scored a goal last night. He's a rookie for the Union. Ended on 23 points. He took eight shots. I mean, the guy was just electric on the wing all night, cutting inside, um, just firing at will. So if you're trying to find some salary space for some of the big guns on the slate, then I think Epps is definitely worth uh, rolling out again here in this spot. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I kind of doubt that he, he gets to start again, but I really hope he does because that's a it's a great value. Um, I got to see a good bit of the game last night, and he looked electric. You were right when you uh, you said that. Um, honestly, they should they should be getting him in regularly for the rest of the year. So you um, think, uh, are you saying because Pontius is coming back that he might? Yeah, Pontius is going to be back, and uh, Fafa Pico, I think, is questionable. But, right. So I, I think Alberg and El Senio are also candidates to, to not get in there, though. Um, right. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a toss up. Luckily, we'll get to see. My one other hesitation is that Epps is gonna be, like everybody's value play if he starts. Right. Um, so if you're in the the one thousand two hundred fifty dollars sweeper uh, for four bucks, that's already seventy nine people out of three sixty seven spots filled. Uh, Fifty of those are probably Skyler. Or how <laughs> many ever you can enter, Not but yet, no. Not if yet. you're in, if you're in that, Ep and Epps starts, I imagine he's going to be highly owned. So maybe, maybe thinking a tournament rather than cash games, uh, pivoting away from Epps. I don't know. I'm, I might throw him in a lineup or two anyway, just because he's he's such a good value. But right, um, I I kind of like Philly on the road. How about you? I mean, they've been playing pretty well. I know New England has been uh, off and on, maybe a little bit better lately. You could say, especially offensively, but. I for me Philly's just a better organized team and that's pretty much lacking a number ten so it's impressive. Yeah, no, I could see him going to New England and, and getting a result. It honestly looked like last night they kind of flipped the switch. Like, all right, guys, we got to turn it on right now, or we're probably going to miss the playoffs. And they actually looked, you know, they looked good. They looked like a team that uh, wanted to win. And I saw, you know, from guys like Epps and. Even uh, them. I don't think he did excellent fantasy-wise. I think he got a yellow card. But um, guys like that are going to be uh, somebody, some guys to target kind of down the stretch for fantasy purposes. So um, I like their I like their options on the road. Yeah, for me, uh, Philadelphia is the team that should kind of bump Columbus for that sixth and final spot um, in the playoffs. There, to me, they're better than Columbus. They're better than Orlando, Montreal, New England, and DC. So I. I really hope they kind of make a push here. Uh, to that fact, they're they're actually the only team in that discussion that has a positive goal differential right now. So um, Columbus, though, has gotten the results when they when they need to, and Columbus oddly only has uh, one draw in 22 games. Interesting, dropping the dropping the big sets there. <laughs> what do you think about um, when you know? playing as that forward or being eligible as a forward and on set pieces his prices jumped up but he's you know he's been pretty consistent lately so 
Um, yeah, I I like it a lot. Man. He's he's expensive. He's really expensive, but since New England's going to be at home and better rested than Philadelphia, um, I like that play a lot. You have a lot of options on this slate, but if you don't want to want to go for like a, a really big home run in the forward spot, I I'm fine with putting Lee Win there, especially if we can find some more value as we uh, go along here in the discussion. Yeah, I'm fine with the price jump too. I mean, it's just when you've got a guy that can bring you points if he's even if he's not scoring, which when can he had you know he only had three crosses this last game, um, but he had eleven before that, seven crosses the game before that, eight crosses before that, and he's getting off shots, drawing fouls. So, um, you know, he's definitely a safe cash game play, and he's got some tournament upside to him too. So I like when I'd say out of all the revs options, um, I guess you also got to consider. Kellen Rowe had a good game this past weekend. Diego Fagundes is having a good he's season. Yeah. yeah, he's having a good season too. So, um, I've I've been surprised to see him in as many lineups as I've seen. So, um, I think he's going to continue to be a popular play. Um, and Rowe Rowe really impressed me. He was getting forward a lot more than I've seen this season. So, um, I don't know though. It's that's a tough caller. Other than when, if I'm going to roll out any revs guys, I mean I've. I've gone ahead and uh, penciled Chris Tierney in on my do not playlist. I don't know what it is, but anytime I see him in the starting lineup, then I'm just drawn to sticking him in there. I guess probably because of some of the outbursts he's had, but it has yeah, now... he's he's done yeah. in my book essentially, yeah. especially at that price. Um, the one other notable person I have in this slate is John McCarthy. Andre Blake had that nasty injury in the Gold Cup last night, um, and. McCarthy's only $3,900, which you never know against the Rebs. They're a team that can fire a ton of shots and just not put any in the goal. I think there was a game earlier this year where they had like 20-plus shots they attempted, and I think maybe one was on target. But um, they could easily be just bad shots on target. I feel like they'll shoot from anywhere. So Yeah, McCarthy came up big last night, so it's not a bad shot. Yeah. Probably, no, uh, I mean, he's... He's been good ever since he finally got the the nod in MLS years ago when uh when they still had Rice and Bowley and they needed to like rotate through like four keepers <laughs> that year. Uh, I remember McCarthy was actually pretty good. They had to call him up from the the USL, I believe. So yeah, but that, that just crazy Philadelphia Union goalkeeper rotation. Where I think they had him <laughs> Bowley. I think they had just didn't, wasn't that the year that they had drafted Andre Blake with the first pick or something? And just yeah, sat him but on the they bench. were they were really reluctant to use him for some reason, right? Um, and so McCarthy but, got his shot, but yeah, I forget no, the other guy they had. But I do like the play uh, minimum price. I guess talking about firing off shots at will, then I think Kai Kamara is probably one of those guys you had in mind. Is he on your radar after his big twenty-eight point outburst last weekend? Very minimally, um, if. If I use Lee Wynn and him in a lineup, that might be like a tournament option. But I just, on this big slate, he feels like a guy I'm going to not have in any lineups, to be honest. Yeah. There's a lot of other good choices. Um, and on that note, lad, that's plenty of time about that game. Let's let's roll forward, I think. Let's do it. Yeah, so we have uh, the other 7.30 game is the Red Bulls hosting... Uh, Montreal Impact. I think the the Red Bulls are a team here that seems like they may have finally broken out. What do you think? Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like they've finally kind of clicked as well. Um, and Kleshin's finally putting up numbers. Uh, BWP. I guess he scored this last game. 
Good to see him back on the score sheet. And then some of the kind of the under the radar guys, uh, Felipe, Daniel Royer, um, they're doing well. I guess Kamar Lawrence is back from Gold Cup, but isn't he suspended for this one? I believe he is suspended for this one, yes. So, yeah, I mean, Red Bulls are looking good, and they've got a good matchup here against Montreal. Montreal's defense has looked pretty shoddy recently, so I feel like New York's in a good spot to keep it up here. Um, still feel like Kleshin's price tag is, I mean, it's it's lo- lower than wins, but it's, you know, 8200 is is not cheap, so I feel yeah, like he's going to pay it off. I think the where you fall on question largely depends on how much of a blowout you think this game could be. Um, right. I think Montreal can put up a fight, but they just they seem to be letting in a ton of goals lately. Um, I think let's see it. It looks like it's thirteen in the last six matches. Um, they have been scoring a lot though, ten in the last six. So it could be back and forth, but it also could be two to three nothing. Uh, Red Bulls. They really took care of a. Uh, a San Jose team that that plays kind of fast and loose since they got a new coach, so that might be, might not be how Montreal play. They might kind of turtle, kind of pack it in, go for a point on the road, um, which I think would really benefit Question, and then it would probably hurt a guy like Daniel Royer, um, who's been awesome lately. He has four goals in the last three games. He has eleven shots. Um, he did, this is a stretch that he has not had since coming into MLS last season. So he's definitely someone on the radar. But uh, I think it, it's kind of cleshed in, and then I don't know. There's a big drop off for me in terms of who I want to play in this game, and that includes Jay Maile. Yeah, I like Jay Maile a uh, lot still. His price, though, is just way up there. Uh, and the opponent is, you know, Red Bulls. On the road, that's a team I've always tended to kind of shy away from, so I'll probably do that with him here. Um, you know, I mentioned him a second ago. I still like Felipe a lot, 5,300. He's still putting up points. I mean, his his box scores, his game logs uh, look great recently. So for that price, and I think you got to give him some consideration. Yeah, I'm kind of out on Felipe just because his his ceiling is lower than the other Red Bulls guys I might want to take. Um, but and the price is just a little too much. If he were eight hundred dollars cheaper, then maybe he'd get into some of my lineups. But um, it's just not not where I think my lineup construction usually is going to go. So yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it was an easy play. I think the last slate, but the Red Bulls it was like a two game slate, so I felt like that was a pretty Pretty easy play to make, but yeah, you're right. You could probably find uh, maybe as good a value for a little bit less or even minimal price. Some of these guys that are on the board here. Right, so um, what's going on with Mateo Mancosu? He has an injury tag here. It says he's out, but um, I believe he played both games last week. Hmm, looks like uh, checking out the red oh, wire. Oh, he's suspended. Here. Yeah, it looks yeah. like he's... Okay. Due to card accumulation, so so the the forward here is probably going to be a Odoro or Salazar. Yeah, Salazar has been getting a lot of run lately. Um, I think he's actually had a lot of. He's had a goal in three straight. I think. Yeah, he's been uh, been pretty hot. I think Baloo has been getting some some playing time too. I don't know that he would be a forward necessarily, but he'll probably be involved. He's a in mid. He's forty three hundred. Yeah. Um, you know, he hadn't been been putting up. 
uh, just out of this world numbers, kind of five, six, seven points type thing. So probably going to avoid him, but he's, you know, he's a guy, I guess, that could pop up and have a big game with a, a missing piece in the attack. Yeah, did you see the uh, the kind of sensationalist article last week about how Drogba was, was heaping praise on him and he was the next big star in MLS and oh, so wow. Chelsea was like looking into Chelsea apparently was watching him to to look for a transfer or whatever. And yeah, no, I it is that. a it is a little all o- overblown, I think. But um, he is good. I mean, he's very good. But I don't know about the the Chelsea transfer thing. Come on. Yeah, it's, that's a pretty big they, move jumping from Montreal and back <laughs> to Chelsea. But. Well, I mean, they do own like seven hundred players and loan them all out. But it's true. Yeah, so I don't really have too much else to say about this game. I wish Kamar Lawrence were in. That was a, a pretty exceptional free kick he scored to, to send Jamaica to the Gold Cup final. Uh, he's been having a heck of a season in MLS. He's probably, right after Jovan Jones, he's the next best fullback in the league this year, I think. And um, So, yeah, that's a shame. We don't really have to talk about that too much. I don't think there's very good defender options in this game for either side. And uh, the same kind of goes for keeper options because Luis Robles is expensive. Evan Bush is super cheap, but I just don't trust him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'm really looking at any of those defensive options from either side. So jump over to this Dallas-Vancouver game. Yeah, sure. I don't have a a ton to say about this one either because I think Dallas is a team that's that's been very good. They're going to take care of business, but they're also not a side that's really been blowing their opponent out of the water lately. So this could easily be a kind of a one nothing or 2-1 game for me. Uh, that seems to be kind of how Dallas has been playing it lately. Um, I don't know. Vancouver doesn't do a lot for me still, but they did, I think, tie in Dallas when they played. Or no, they played in Vancouver uh, maybe a month ago now or so. Yeah, in Vancouver, I, I watched them play Portland, I guess, over the weekend. They looked bad. I mean, they were at home. They lost to a Portland team that was very shorthanded. I don't even think they filled out their bench for that one. Um, it was a rivalry game, and Vancouver just didn't show up at all. So on the road at Dallas, one of the best teams in the league, like, I mean, I, you know, I'd be fine with targeting Dallas players up and down here. I think Arudi's in play. Um, I think one thing we're going to – probably see is maybe some value open up at defender because I believe Grana and Figueroa are both out for this one. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, I think Hollingshead has kind of been working his way back into the lineup. He had 90 minutes this past weekend. He got 10 points. He had four shots. So that's uh, pretty good for him. He's a guy I've I've always liked. He can uh, play pretty much anywhere on the field. So that's encouraging. Yeah. And then you could really uh, kind of dig down. Maybe Reggie Cannon, 2,500, could get some minutes. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be him. Maybe Aaron Gian gets another run out. Um, but yep. Yeah. I think for me, then, yeah, Hollingshead is a guy that if I'm building a lineup, then he's probably going to be at 3,900, and I think he's in for me. He's definitely an option, yeah. I think we're going to have a lot of options on this slate, so I hesitate to, to totally commit, but um... – yeah, I guess yeah. probably another guy. I mean, if we don't see a, a Gian or a Cannon, I think Atiba Harris is probably going to be uh, an option on the wing for Dallas. Um, he's unfortunately he's listed as a midfielder. He is minimum price three thousand. Um, so I don't know if he's on the wing. He might be able to pull out some more peripheral stats than he 
and he's been putting up lately. He did score a goal a couple weeks ago, though. Very nice. Uh, this week's Vancouver Whitecaps player that I'm finding on DraftKings and have never heard of is Matthew Baldissimo. Hmm. I don't think I've heard of him either. <laughs> it seems like they always have... It's like whoever puts the players into DraftKings, I feel like they have... They have to be a Vancouver Whitecaps fan because they have their like entire academy on there, it seems like. Number 65... You got Declan Wynn. You have uh, Sem Dewitt. There's just a a bunch of guys that I'm. I've heard of Sem Dewitt, but not the other two. So, right. Um, yeah, I I think the other thing to note is that Bolaños is not getting all of the free kicks at all. I think Takara is actually getting most of the corners lately. Yeah, they've been they've been kind of alternating, I guess, depending on which side of the field it's on. So, right. I mean, Takara is still getting the bulk of them, I think. But I, from watching that Vancouver Portland game, I did see Bolaños standing over some. I think that's how he got his. May have been how he got his assist. Yeah, I think I I think Bolaños literally had one corner. Um, okay. Let me let me make sure here. Yeah, he had one corner, but he also took a, a couple set pieces. So I think pretty much all the left-footed corners are Takara's, though. So they got to make it easy on us, right? <laughs> I wish it would just be one of them taking them because then they would be a, a good value. But when they split, right. I don't really like either for uh, in the 7,000 range, especially in this matchup. Um, one final thing I have to note, I don't really have much to say about Mauro Diaz in this one. Um, it, I might just want to see a, a prove-it game again. I know I kind of jumped back on the, the bandwagon. He has three assists and three straight. Right. Um, but if he starts, which isn't a given, because um, he hasn't, I don't think, the last game and maybe the one before that. But um, I don't know. I I think Vancouver would be actually kind of a tough matchup for him. So I'm, I'm not all in. Um, but Zedroik in our rankings has Roland Lamar pretty high once again this week, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the tough decisions I've generally faced with week in and week out with FC Dallas. I mean, especially since Diaz has returned, like you and I both know what he can do, know what he's capable of, but he's, he's had an assist in three straight games, but he's still, I mean, he hasn't, he's only top double digits in one of those. I think he is starting again, um, but he's just not putting up the stats like we've seen him in years past. And then, yeah, Lamar is just so hard for me to read. I mean, feels like he's either going to go off or, just not do anything so i don't know i mean he's he's hit 12 29 and 24 the past three games so i don't really think people are going to be ignoring him that's for sure yeah i think lamar is kind of a guy that really benefits from diaz because diaz uh can really hit him in full stride uh speed up the wing lamar's an experienced player so maybe uh the the kind of talent of diaz meshes well with with someone who knows how to kind of take the top off the defense yeah, I mean he's All a right. good he's a good tournament play for sure. Yeah, except I feel like everyone thinks he's a good tournament play. So it, he's another guy that's almost so overowned at this point that I I don't know if he's he's kind of worth it for me to take. I just don't trust Lamar yet. Um, maybe yeah. soon. Yeah. So yeah, you ready to move on? Houston Portland. This is a, a matchup I feel like we've seen like two or three times already this year. Um, kind of tiresome, but. Here we go. 
Yeah, and supposedly Houston's going to be getting a handful of players back from Gold Cup. A lot of their Honduran strike force should be back for this one. So, um, yeah, I guess you got you got to figure out how Kyoto is going to work his way back into the mix now. Um, Albert Elise is back, and Minotas has been pretty solid lately. I mean, you got I guess you got Cuba Torres back in the mix too. Yeah, so. Kyoto. Kyoto's really expensive for a guy who's topped 10 points once in his last 10 uh, games on DraftKings. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, I guess he was taking set pieces there for a while for him, which kind of bumped his value a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm staying away from Kyoto for sure, but I'm just, I'm interested to see kind of how those guys coming back affects Houston because they've actually managed okay without him. Memo Rodriguez is suddenly you know he's been very good he should continue to play yeah he's Um, had a good big role in the attack I mean even Wenger I know you kind of uh dissed him last week on the pod which (laughs) you know rightfully so it's Andrew Wenger but he's been putting up numbers so it's hard to just I mean how if if you're a coach and a guy's scoring goals and assisting and whatnot how can you just say well these guys are back you're back to the bench like Houston's been getting results so yeah Minotis has been pretty good um, I, I don't know, like, Cubo is, is having a solid year, but a lot of those goals he scored are on penalties. So, I I honestly don't necessarily know that he's that much better than Mario Minotis at this point. Yeah, I'm um, probably not paying that much for a guy like Cubo Torres. That's so goal-dependent. Um, right, um, and I guess the other thing about, like, their front line is Elise would be a, a perfect guy to come off the bench with some speed. Like, he's extremely mm-hmm. fast. So if you if they want to put in a Wanger or a Memo Rodriguez and they think they have the hot hand, then I, I say go for it. Um, Houston just has a, a lot of kind of average or barely above average pieces, maybe below average you could say. But um, they have been making it work to a, a certain extent. And yep. it, Portland is not very strong defensively this year. They're missing a lot of pieces pretty much constantly, off and on. People are in and out of the lineup. And um, even in the attack, they've kind of been, haven't been able to really get their footing consistently. So this is an interesting matchup for me. I think it could go either way. Um, Fernando Adi is back from suspension. Blanco has been playing very well for Portland. And then Valeri, I think, is kind of back um, to being a, a pretty big force. Yeah, another one that, that makes it difficult for us to choose, you know, from Valerio Blanco. It's like, I mean, Valerio paying up for him. Um, Blanco, he's kind of finally turning into that player that we thought we were going to see from the beginning of the season. So, um, And then, you know, for me, I've, I've been targeting uh, David Guzman in several lineups earlier in the season. Now he's back from Gold Cup, so that makes it even trickier for me. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I guess out of all the Portland options, if Guzman is back in the lineup, like I would probably lean towards him because before he left, he was standing over everything for him, corner kicks, free kicks, and seemed like he was getting stats, you know, some of those peripheral defensive stats too. So I still like him at that price. Um, it's not really sure if I'll be rolling him out. I'm going to see, I'm going to look at the lineups and kind of see everything shakes out. It's a good thing. Like you said earlier that we'll get to see so many lineups 
um, basically all at once before this slate kicks off. Yeah, I'm kind of annoyed that uh, Guzman could come back and take away Valeri's set pieces because <laughs> they they really are some of the best in the league in terms. Of, I mean, just the accuracy, velocity, the way he delivers them. Um, yeah. It's it's not that Guzman is bad, but it's just very annoying to watch and not be able to see Valeri uh, totally dominate a, a fantasy game like he can. Right. Um, yeah, because we were used to that last season, season before. Like we were used to him taking everything. And racking up, you know, he. I think last season they have like a twenty cross game or something like that. Along those lines. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was when they were worth one point. Still, I'm not sure, but yeah. And you know what's even more frustrating with uh, with Guzman out? Valeri was didn't even have a monopoly on the set pieces. Ben Zemanski was taking some corner kicks, which is, you know, it's kind of mind boggling with Valeri and Blanco out there. Ben Zemanski's taking corner kicks, but I don't think that's going to keep up. Yeah. Um. So I guess I have. Two more things I wanted to say about this game. Uh, I thought Darlington Nagby looked pretty good with the national team in the Gold Cup, uh, especially last night. I thought he was was pretty good. Oh, so yeah. he's only he's only forty four hundred. He obviously. He what's that? You think he plays this one coming off ninety minutes last night? I don't know. I think he could. I mean, I think he's a, a pretty fit guy. It yeah. just depends how much Portland feel like they need him, and uh, Portland's not really in the the greatest spot. In terms of playoff security, I mean, right. they're in fourth, but they're tied, and then they have some teams on their heels. So, I don't know. I think it's a it's a game that they probably want to win. They they definitely don't need him, though, so we'll see. And then the other thing I want to note is that Tomas Martinez is still $3,000. Um, he got his first, first action. Not yet. It's coming up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be... Press and What's publicity. it? He's been getting a lot of publicity, so I think he's you know they're I'm seeing the interviews come out. How are you going to fit into this team? And he's pretty pretty pumped up about getting out there. So I'm definitely watching for that first start he gets. I think I would play him right away if he starts uh, this weekend, especially over Marcus Epps at three thousand, who is the other kind of value play we've dug up so far. So yeah, no, I like it. Um, I definitely be keeping an eye out for him. Uh, one more value, I guess you could consider from this game if he gets the start again which is definitely very uh possible that he doesn't because Fernando Adi was suspended last game but Jeremy Ebobise uh Portland I guess he's a, is he a rookie this season I think he's a rookie this season he was the the first overall pick right I think so. yeah I think you're right I think Portland traded for him to to pick him and started in Adi's place uh at Vancouver he is one of the guys that just talking about how bad Vancouver looked, he made them look bad. I mean, he was pretty active up front. He got his goal, had an assist on the other goal. The assist was better. The assist was phenomenal. Yep, and he ended up with 20 points. So, um, I mean, if even if Nagby starts, like I might even opt for a guy like Ebo Bise for a little bit less, just I guess based on the upside. Like I feel like Nagby's upside – with the Timbers is capped a little bit. It seems like this season, like he it feels like he's got a little bit more responsibility, or a little bit more. I guess uh, he's a little more involved, I guess, in the attack with the national team. It seems like. Yeah, well, Nagby's upside is always capped, I've, just because of the player he is. I think so. Right. Um. Yeah, I kind of agree. Abobase is hard because I'm I'm not sure he can be a, an accumulator at this point. 
No. I mean, um, you're looking even, for a goal for sure. Yeah, I mean, even when I say accumulator, I'm not saying like a, a star midfielder. I'm saying more just like even at the forward spot, there's certain ga- guys that I know are going to get a, a handful of points. There's other ones like a Sapong or a Kamara that could easily give us one or two points. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure where Abobase is going to gonna pan out. I think it's probably in between. So um, it's just going to – I'm going to have to throw some lineups together and see if I, I think I even need a guy like that in my lineup or not. Right, but, um, and we might not yeah. even have to make the decision if, if Adi is back, so we'll see. Yeah, very true, and Adi's the the same way. Um, he's a guy that I would have a lot of trouble paying 8200 for right now, but I, I still think Adi's one of the best strikers in the league, and now he's rested, so. Yep. Uh, Gleason, 4100 bucks in goal. Yeah, it's a solid price. I mean, I think. He's been pretty good lately, too, and he certainly gets shots taken on him. Yeah, ended up with 11 points. I mean, he was on the road at Vancouver last weekend, and I don't really feel like on the road at Houston is is anything to really be concerned about, so I'd be fine with with punting keeper and and throwing him out there. Yeah, Yeah, I see multiple goals for both teams here. So that means you're going to stay away from Gleason or just count on him getting a bunch of shots? I think he'll get a bunch of shots. I was just pointing out that it's pretty cheap for a a guy that I think every time I've seen him lately has been – Playing pretty well. I think he gets hung out to dry a lot with the the way Portland's defense is. So yeah, it's one of those tournament tournament keeper plays. I just felt like I should point out. You could Definitely. easily go the other way, the home keeper that's going against a good offense uh, in Portland, yeah. but that's a that's expensive. So yeah, I don't know. That didn't work out so well with me and David Ousted last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Let's jump to uh, Chicago visiting Sporting Kansas City. Let's do it. Um, um, yeah, I guess Chicago is definitely the favorite here, I think. Sporting Kansas City just traded Dwyer. Um, not that that was the whole team, but they were already having some trouble scoring goals, and now they're going up against one of the best teams of 2017. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, the Fire, probably the, the team to target here. I don't really know who from Kansas City, other than maybe... I mean, if you want to go cheap at forward, you're going to have Diego Rubio probably starting because they've got that, that hole to fill with Dwyer gone. So it's probably going to be Rubio. Saloy might get some playing time. Um, Rubio at 4,300, that's actually not a bad play for somebody at home. I just I don't love the matchup against the fire. Yeah, totally agree, especially if Dax McCarty jumps right back into the lineup, then I, I definitely don't love any of Kansas City's matchups against Chicago. Yeah, I don't. I just I'm finding it hard to to target any other guys. Maybe that other than like a punt center back, I go para maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe Madronda starts on the wing, and you want to use him, but probably not. Yeah, not um, as a midfielder though. If he, like if he was a defender on DraftKings, like he he has been, or I guess he, maybe in, earlier in the season he was, or has he ever been a midfielder under, or a defender on DraftKings? Maybe I'm just confused with MLS fantasy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They switch the positions on me, and I I start to forget. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think we can basically write off Kansas City here. Garso Fernandez is suspended. Dwyer is now traded. Um, so anything they're bringing is kind of lacking some punch. You still have Benny Failhaber, who's a, a really quality player, 
But um, expensive, other, though. Yeah, very expensive for this matchup. So that's why I think I'm just kind of totally skipping over everything. So what about um, the fire? I mean, it's not like I mean, yeah, Sporting Kansas City's attack is depleted, but their defense is is one of the best in the league. Yeah, that's probably what they're going to have to rely on until they do find some more attacking weapons. So yeah, these two teams are actually uh, first. Sporting Kansas City is allowed the lowest goals uh, in the entire league, and then the next lowest would be Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I think no Dallas and then Chicago. Sorry. I got you. I think like a guy like Arturo Alvarez actually jumps out because he has been taking pretty much every set piece for him lately, and he's hit double digits three games straight. So for fifty five hundred for a set piece taker, like I could probably go there, but I don't know if I'm gonna count on a guy like Nikolic, who's you know fairly goal dependent. Like yeah, he's gonna rack up some points through shots alone probably, but I don't know if I'm gonna go there on this slate at Kansas City. Yeah, I think kind of the compromise between Alvarez and Nikolic is a calm because he plays from the wing, so he gets some crosses. I mean, his pure speed and um, kind of shiftiness on the wing is enough to get him wide into wide open spaces where he can just tee up across or cut inside. Um, there are very few, if any, defenders in the league that have the capabilities to to stop David Akam when he is running at you at full speed. Um, And he has just been informed this year like he never has for such a prolonged period of time before. So it looks like in his last 10 games he might have 10 goals. No, he has nine. (laughs) Yes. Um, It's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's been – like last game he didn't even start. He came off the bench at halftime, scored – a goal for him and hit 20 points in 45 minutes like that's you know that kind of shows you how how quick he can rack up points and two games before that he had that 51 point you know hat trick outburst so yeah it's definitely the play I guess that can be kind of that floor player and then can also be that player that could win you a tournament so I like that shot there yeah Com's probably my number one guy that I'm looking at here I would also consider Nikolic though I think um your Alvarez uh, shout was pretty good. But also, I mean, if you really want a cheap piece of the Chicago attack, Deleu and Seleniak sometimes get in there. Um, yeah. Especially especially Deleu for 4000 is a guy that I could put, put into a forward spot and not feel terrible about. He's a, a quality player around a bunch of other quality players. Uh, Schweine is 4900 He hasn't been accumulating very many points, but... Obviously, he's still very talented, and if Dax McCarty's back in, then Schweine gets uh, a little more freedom to roam around. So yeah, that's true. Are we looking at any defensive options here? Well, Brandon Vincent is out, which makes me uh, pretty sad. Um, I guess you would maybe say Polster is a guy that you would look at, and then do we think Harrington is going to be the other fullback? Yeah, probably Harrington, I think, got the nod when when uh, Vincent was at late scratch. I mean, Polster has been a guy to target, but he, I think he only had, yeah, he only had 54 minutes at New York city this last game and came off with three points, had two points before that in limited minutes. So it's like, yeah, but I I think he was, uh, I think he was working his way back from an injury or he picked up a knock of some kind. Okay. Well, if, yeah, I mean, if Harrington starts at 3,400, like I don't love the play, but that's pretty cheap for a wingback that, could get you double digits. 
Yeah, I would actually play... I'd feel pretty comfortable playing whoever starts a wing back for Chicago, period, just because I think they have a, a solid chance at a clean sheet. Right, solid chance at a clean sheet, and you got that, that attacking bonus when you're feeding guys feeding balls into guys like Nikolic, Akon. Right, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I agree. So on the same note, Matt Lampson, $4,200, I think is a great value and probably should be one of the one of the top DraftKings keepers uh, in consideration. Unless, yeah. you're a, unless you're a stuffy homekeeper-only type of person. <laughs> I think I might be able to sidestep that in this instance. Like This is one of those instances where when you're missing – you know, you're leading, or you just shipped your leading scorer out of town. Like I could, pro- I could get down with a a road keeper at almost minimum price for keepers. So, right. All right. Let's. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the next game, but let's move on to it anyway. It is Minnesota hosting DC United. This one's. You don't want to talk about it. This one could end up with the most fantasy goodness out of it somehow. Yeah, we. I, I was saying to you before the podcast how sad it was that I was uh, actually backing DC United to win on the road. I said, you know, the other team has to be in bad shape, and that's exactly what Minnesota has been in lately. Uh, they continue to be missing a, a fair amount of players to injury. I think they will get Francisco Calvo back from the Gold Cup, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, not much help in sight. Brent Coleman is suspended. I think guys like Cronin are still working their way back from injury. Kevin Molino has really, really cooled off. Um, so Minnesota United, minus five goal differential in their last six games. They've allowed 11 goals in that uh, period. Um, and their their last win was actually the sixth game going back. So they have two draws, three losses uh, since then. They've just been uh, exceptionally poor. They haven't scored in three straight. The game before that, they got one goal. Um, I don't know. This is uh, DC United's for the taking, and DC United need to get basically two points a game on average to make the playoffs, I think. Yeah. They, um, they looked pretty awful, at least for the first like 30 minutes of the game at home. Shipped three goals to Houston, like, right off the bat, and that just kind of set the tone for the game. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a fun one, I think. I actually think Minnesota is going to put up some goals. I think D.C. is going to score. So, I'm trying to figure out how to approach it fantasy-wise because most of the options are all within reason price-wise. Um, yeah, and Sam Nicholson, their new signing in Minnesota, got 60 minutes last match. He had nine points, which is uh, which is pretty good. I admittedly did not get to watch any of that game, um, so maybe you can comment. But it looks like four fouls drawn, three tackles won. Um, he had one shot, one cross. I know he's a he's a young winger, but... Yeah, no, he looked pretty sharp. I mean, he was um, getting forward and looked like he was, you know, he's pretty frustrated throughout most of the match. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you play for Minnesota United. But um, he was, yeah, he, he definitely kind of caught my eye. And for 3,500, um, nine points is not a bad return. So if he's back in the starting lineup, like, might be a guy to, to consider for a value play there. Yeah, definitely. Um Basically, that's what Kevin Molina has been putting up for the last handful of games. So why not? Um, man, this is a, just a tough game because if you want to spend up for a guy, you got Christian Ramirez and Kevin Molino. Do we really trust what they're gonna 
return us for such high prices, or do you dig down and go with a Deshaun Brown, $5,000? He's been pretty good lately. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. It's just some tough decisions here, because even, I mean, you have uh, Ramirez at 7000 and and Molino at 7200 Like That's not going to break the bank, but you know that those, it's like kind of like the law of averages thing. I mean, whatever... You know, if, if you want to say that, that doesn't exist, like for fantasy soccer purposes, whatever. But I think it does. And in this instance, where Minnesota is starving for goals, like Molino and Ramirez are the two guys that they're going to turn to. So it's just some tough options in this one. But I mean, I yeah, like I, DC. Like you know, Luciano Casa has been doing good. He's sixty-two hundred. Sam didn't start last game. He came off the bench for 35 minutes and put in. This is crazy. I owe Lloyd Sam an apology. (laughs) He had 14 crosses in 35 minutes. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if he starts again, like, he's probably on my radar. And Nyarko at 4,800 is a good play, too. So, um, I mean, I think there's some value to be had in this one for sure. Yeah, I mean, that Lloyd Sam number is kind of eye-popping. I don't know how I'm going to be able to not start him if he – uh, gets the nod. Well, like the, on Saturday. You know, the DC was playing catch up pretty much, you know, from the start of the game. So when he came on, like all they were, like Houston had kind of seemed like just, hey, we've got our three goal lead. Like kind of sat back a little bit and let DC just attack. Like DC was at home. They wanted to try to act like they were coming back, it seemed like. And uh, yeah, when Sam got in there, then he was just swinging balls in left and right. They were getting a lot of corner kicks. So I don't, I think that's kind of. You know, maybe a little little extreme. I don't think we're going to see something like that again. But, I mean, if goals start flowing like and Sam's in the game, then he's probably going to be involved. Yeah, I mean, he was on pace for 36 crosses that game. <laughs> oh, man. I did a little quick math. I like it. That's, <laughs> the, that's the kind of stats I like to throw out there on Twitter. <laughs> like when a guy has two goals in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the game, like this guy's on pace for whatever, 20 goals. <laughs> My quick math was better than your quick math. Yeah, we'll, that, that uh, might move be, on from yeah, that. That might have been a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, little, no, Patrick Niarco, forty eight hundred. That's another guy I like. Uh, I know you kind of always mention Ibsen, but it, the upside just isn't there for me. He's more of a FMLS guy uh, yeah. in my book. No, you're right. I mean, the set pieces are nice, and he's had a couple of games where like he's paid off his salary. His salary's actually jumped up to where he's not really been high on my radar lately. So. I'm probably passing on him in this one. Gotcha. And I think uh, both keepers are worth considering in this game, but I'm I'm probably not going to end up taking either of them. I just like some of the other options better. Um, Yeah. Like I said, I feel like some goals are going to be scored here, so I'm probably staying away too. Yeah, I agree. So uh, you want to move on to Salt Lake hosting Columbus? Yeah, it's another one that looks like it could could have some potential fancy goods in it with uh, Rusnak. Got Plata on the board. He's been hot. Saverino has been one that I've kind of been targeting lately. Just a little, kind of a little bit of a pivot off of Plata for a couple thousand less. So um, definitely like Salt Lake's options here. I mean, Columbus is coming off a game midweek and kind of banged up a little bit. Got some suspended players, so I could see Salt Lake taking advantage in this spot. Yeah, Iguaina is still questionable. He missed the game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did think last night, though, Kakuta Mane looked pretty good. I think if he continues to get regular minutes, we're going to start talking about him as a fantasy option uh, once again. Yeah, no, it's a great call. I mean, he's been 
he was in my lineup uh, in that Gold Cup MLS match uh, slate, and yeah, put up 13 points on the road. He didn't score. He didn't have an assist. Like he was pretty. I mean, he's kind of been pretty involved in Columbus's attack lately. And I guess, Very. Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe that's partly due to Iguain being out. Like, and they need somebody to kind of step in. And, I mean, he's not filling Iguain's role, so to speak, but he's been taking corner kicks for him. He's getting shots off. Like he's just so fast and. Just kind of a, a pest, you know, for defenses. So, yeah, fifty eight hundred in a forward slot. Like if Iguain's still out, then you're kind of getting a set piece taker for a pretty good price there. So I like it. Yeah. Um. Another guy I want to mention is Luis Silva. I watched some of the the Kansas City Salt Lake game, and I thought Luis Silva had a, a game unlike any other I've seen him play um, since he returned to to Major League Soccer. He uh, he had a goal five shots. Um, now there was also another Silva on the field. So I, I got confused at one point. Uh, he was a defender for Salt Lake and I was like, wow, Luis Silva's making defensive plays. I've never seen him make before. Uh, <laughs> but no, offensively, Luis Silva was pretty good. He was fairly involved. He seems to actually work pretty good with Plata. So if he gets another start, I'd consider him at 4,700. It's like another of those cheap forwards. We can get in there. Um, I'm with you. I, I love Salt Lake's options. I think they're a team that could really surprise in the second half of the season here. Um, I'm not saying they're going to dominate, but them and San Jose are like two teams I think could be frisky offensively. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, hard thing is, though, is just the pricing. I mean, Rusnak is not cheap. He's 8600 Plata's 8600 so and and then you've always got the decision to make. Like it's gonna it's hard to fit both of those guys in the same lineup, especially if you're taking some of the other high end options. So um, yeah, Plata is uh, Plata looks impossible to stop lately. Though he's probably getting to David Akam levels of tormenting defenders. Yeah, no, you're he's right. He's a better he's a better playmaker than Akam, even if he's not quite as uh, as deadly just with pure speed and and power. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree, and I think, I guess, too, with a comm, like, I feel like, you, or not with a comm, but with Plata, when you're trying to decide who to take between him and Rusnak, I feel like Plata's got bigger goal upside, and he's going to get you some of those peripherals, too. Like, I feel like Rusnak's more of the, um, just, you know, guy that's going to be sending as many balls in as, as you can hope for when you're playing him for fantasy, and then yeah. the goal's just a bonus, so. Yeah, but Rusnak's been getting into the box, too, um... He had one that he he should have finished last week, but it barely dipped over the crossbar. Um, yeah, no, he's been yeah, he's definitely you know a threat. He's he's a goal scoring threat. I guess I feel like Plata is just a little, a little bit more maybe. Right. Yeah, I think that they're, they're fairly priced, maybe a little bit high, but uh, just because the the wealth of options we have, I think I'm only going to get one of them max, and that might be pushing it. So. Yeah. Um. I, I don't really have much else for this one. Neither defense is very good. Uh, Bubakar is going to be out, so RSL's pro- or Columbus are probably going to go to a four-man back line again. They probably can't play the, the three center backs. Um, yeah, I just want to know what's up with DraftKings moving Hector Jimenez, who started as, a, I believe he was a right back last night. Um, he was a defender on last night's slate, and then all, all of a sudden he's a midfielder on this slate. 
and he was somewhat on my radar. I mean, he took a few. I think he took a couple of corner kicks last night, like for a defender. Yeah, he has that in the wheelhouse. Yeah, for a defender taking corner kicks, you got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Forty five hundred. I don't know if I'd play him on the road at Salt Lake, but still, just kind of a, a little bit of a uh, mind tilt, I guess. Like, what, what's the deal with that? How does that happen? Yeah, yeah. So. I um. So even if the the Columbus fullbacks get in I guess I, I was thinking about it while you were talking there and I, I think it would be tough to play them against such uh, electric wingers that, that Salt Lake are going to be kind of sending forward so yeah. I'm pretty much all in on Salt Lake and Columbus I think I'm almost entirely off this game even if Iguain were to get back in I don't think I would um, play him yeah what about Mana I mean you think you roll him out at that price point 5800 Normally, yeah, like on a five or six game slate, I would think about it in a yeah. tournament. But I, there's just too many other guys I'm going to want to play, so I, I think I'm just going to make it easy on myself and say no Columbus this week. Yeah, that's probably and, not a bad strategy. I mean, I feel like yeah, I feel like Salt Lake's going to do what they need to do to get the job done here. So yeah, I hope so. It would be nice to see them make a, a playoff push with Mike Mike Petke in there. Yeah, it could happen. All right, so uh, San Jose hosting Colorado. San Jose's gotten thrashed the last two games, but uh, Colorado still are the worst team. If you ask yeah, me. do we have to talk about this one? <laughs> not, <laughs> not really. Uh, um, Seattle or see. San Jose rather have been a team that I've kind of looked to for some more offense lately. But they've also allowed four goals, five goals, and three goals in their last three matches. So, so <laughs> this is a an unstoppable. An immovable object versus whatever, what, whatever the saying is, uh, one of these things has to give. Right. Yeah, um, you man. have a terrible offense and a terrible defense. Uh, I think San Jose's defense gets better. Yeah. Yeah, and on, on top of that, to add insult to injury, uh, Marlon Harrison, who is somewhat of a, a, re, a decent target as a defender, he's been moved into a midfield role now on DraftKings, so... Oh, probably not. Probably not playing him. He only had a point last game too, so he's kind of. I don't know. It's just yeah. It's hard to look at any guys on this in in this game and just say you want to play him with confidence. Like I might consider Tommy Thompson in some tournament lineups. Maybe even Hika. Uh, yeah, maybe Hika. Dylan Cernas, thirty eight hundred. Like that's not a bad price. He's been putting up some numbers. Like kind of paying off that cheap salary. So, I don't know. I mean, I might look for some value here, but probably just going to stay away from this one altogether. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I, I kind of think this game might be necessary for some fantasy value. I just don't know who yet. Um, Gashi is a guy that could play. He was questionable last week, and he his price has dropped by virtue of just not playing. Yeah, so yeah, it's a pretty strong price if he if he starts like. And know. the chances of him playing ninety are slim to none in right. his first game back, but um, he's good enough that he could he could make those minutes count. So it's more likely he comes on as a sub, I think. But we'll see. Um, I might throw Tommy Thompson into a tournament lineup. Yeah, yeah. I think jumped, he's he's been playing really well. Yeah, you jumped on that at the right time when they had that coaching change and he was minimum price. I think you had him in that 21-point game. He was like <laughs> 3,100. 
I'm glad you keep bringing that uh, that, <laughs> that was small a, moment of genius was, up. It makes yeah, me look so good week in, week out. Play. I mean, he had like four shots in a row for three straight games, so or four <laughs> shots for three games in a row. So um, you, you hit him at the right time. Maybe he has another one of those games. 4000 is still not a bad price playing at home. Granted, it is against Colorado, who's not a team I love to target play, playing attackers against. But um, I guess one other guy worth a shout is maybe Mo Saeed. He's 4,100. I think he's taking set pieces for Colorado. I know, know I saw him on some last game they played. And, you know, 4,100, if he's going to get you eight or nine points, like that's probably about what you're hoping for a guy like Mo Saeed. Not a huge ceiling, but that's about the floor that you're probably going to get with him. So Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess Florian Youngworth's ankle is probably like not as swollen anymore. Maybe that's why their defense has been so bad. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> he's had enough time to to let that softball. Right. Two, to... Yeah, two more things on my mind in this one. Quincy Ameriqua has gotten two uh, two substitute appearances since he's gotten back from a a very lengthy injury. So good for him. He looked uh, a little dangerous in his ten minutes last week against Seattle. Um, Good to see him back, not that he's much of a fantasy option. My other note is that David Bingham had went from being one of the best keepers over the first uh, part of the season to being one of the worst lately. I mean, he has been atrocious. Uh, Seattle could have had probably double the goals, but they just missed. I think Bingham, is he's not getting into good spots. He's not playing with confidence. He's not making the challenges for balls that he needs to that are put into the box. Um I don't know what happened to him, but it really makes me question uh, anybody that's kind of playing against him for fantasy purposes. It makes me want to consider them. And if this was any team other than Colorado, I think I'd find some options I liked. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so uh, the one lineup we're not going to get to see, Los Angeles hosts Seattle. And there was a a big news development today that made this match even more compelling than it uh, usually is. That's right, Siggy Schmid, former Seattle Sounders coach. Uh, Carter Nolfo is out for the Galaxy, and Siggy Schmid's in. So, kind of interesting. First game back, playing against his old team, who he had a lot of success with, and you know was kind of abruptly given the boot not too long ago. So, kind of an interesting storyline if you want to play off of that. Yeah, and I mean, Siggy Schmidt also has uh, some history with Los Angeles as well. Was he not the Was he the coach when they won MLS Cup? I think was it their first one, or I don't know. I was a little young, but was he? I, don't, I mean, I might have missed that at some point along the way too. But yeah, I guess he. I guess he did. Uh, did he win a cup with them, or was it? I, I know he. I think, he coached I think it through. He, Gotcha. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think he did. Uh, did some big things with LA. So I think I was 12 when he won the <laughs> the MLS Cup with Los yeah, Angeles. He's but, been around a while. So well, he was rumored for the um, for the Atlanta United job before they hired Tata Martino. He was rumored for the Orlando job briefly, or maybe I'm misremembering. But I, I pretty much every coaching opening that comes up. Uh, there's some whispers about Siggy Schmid. I think he, ironically, is, if you have to pick one coach in the league that's most like Bruce Arena, it's Siggy Schmid. Yeah, I'd say that's a uh, fair they, comparison there. 
Yeah, I mean, they're both very practical. Siggy Schmidt trusts his veterans, he trusts his star players, and then he does everything he can to kind of support them and uh, build a system around them. Um, So while maybe his time was just up in Seattle when Schmetzer came in last year, who you could argue is more practical than Siggy Schmidt, but um, also Ladero came, which really helped. Yeah. Uh, Now, Siggy Schmidt, I think, is a very good coach. He's not as tactically sound as Bruce Arena is. It's hard for for most MLS coaches to be. But uh, he gets a lot of respect from his players generally, and I think uh, it's going to be a good fit in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think it's a good move. They needed to do something because they haven't looked good at all. I mean, I guess the other big news, maybe that's what you were referring to when I jumped to the the Schmid news, but um, Jonathan Dos Santos is in L.A. now too, so... I uh, doubt he's, I, don't, I mean, he's not even on this slate, obviously, but doubt he's, I don't know if he's going to play or be involved this weekend, but definitely going to be uh, some some things changing for the Galaxy, and uh, it's good to see. I mean, they've got some talented players that I feel like just, you know, guys like Dos Santos um, it really hasn't had the opportunity, it seems like, to produce this season, so maybe, you know, with Schmid coming in, with his brother coming over, like, we'll start to see that, that kind of change. So, Yeah, I think it's still a kind of a tough roster to piece together. They have a lot of talent, but I don't know how well it all works together. At the same time, Jermaine Jones is has recently returned. Jonathan Dos Santos is going to be a huge help. So Siggy Schmidt is kind of getting what uh, his successor, Brian Schmetzer, did last year in Seattle. He's kind of coming in and getting reinforcements that the old coach didn't have. That's um, true. I, this one for me is is kind of a toss up. I think I I probably lean Seattle. Um, you have Christian Roldan playing lights out. He's up to seventy three hundred. I mean, are you even going to consider him coming at that price? That, coming off his forty one point game. And to be <laughs> honest, nuts. it could have been sixty points. He was very close to two other goals. Right. Yeah. He was massive. I. I mean, I felt like obviously, like with Dempsey out, Ladera out, like he was thrust into more of a, an attacking role than he normally Like a number was. 10, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if we'll see that with those guys back. Like, I feel like Ladera is going to be back because he was suspended. I'm not sure about Dempsey um, since he did play in the Gold Cup final. Yeah, really, he, he should play. He's He's been a sub, and yeah. uh, you mentioned he, he's in San Francisco. He can just kind of go right down to L.A. He's got plenty of time to rest up, so. yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he'll play, I guess, the question is if he's involved right from the start. But I do feel like that affects Roldan. Sure. Like I'm, not, I'm not clamoring to get him in my lineups with knowing no, that those guys are back. Especially that price is absurd. But there's a lot of guys on this slate. You could say, wow, that's a, a hefty price. You have Alessandrini, 11500 Did you see at, his game log from last game? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nuts. He has... 21 crosses and 7 fouls drawn. That's an accumulator's dream. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, imagine if he would have tacked a goal on top of that. Right. So it, I feel like he could have a little bit of a tough game because Seattle's so good on the wings. Um, they're also probably going to be better in possession. So for me, that's a little bit of a steep price, but he's so good that it's hard to kind of rule him out any week. I think I would maybe prefer Ladero for fifteen hundred less, but Ladero is also he hasn't been a sure thing as often as he was last season. Um, he's put together some nice game logs, but 
it's not at the level of the the ten thousand dollar elite type of players that you you usually put in every week. So for me, he's like a fifty fifty proposition as well. And then you also have Jovan Jones, the one of the best fantasy defenders there has ever been since MLS was on DraftKings. Yeah, no, I mean all those guys. That's that's the tough thing is because they're in the last game, and you gotta you know you gotta build your salary around guys that. Yeah, I feel like all three of those guys that you just mentioned are like locks to start. So, and then obviously if if one of them doesn't, then you could probably pivot. But yeah, it's I mean, three just probably three of the best options on the slate right there. Yeah. And okay. Good. Yeah, I mean, like Jovan Jones at sixty nine hundred, like it's so hard to play a defender at that price point. But I think I mentioned this to Andrew, um, just some through some of our back and forth on Twitter. Like I almost looked at him as just like, I mean, would I play him as a midfielder at that price? And it felt like in that spot this last weekend, like he was playing more advanced. And so, yeah, I said I'm, I'm fine with playing him at 6,900 because I would probably have played him if he was like a forward or a midfielder at that price because I know he's going to get crosses. I know he's probably gonna get a sh- got a good shot at getting an assist or two. Um, so I think with him, you kind of have to have that mindset. Like he's not just a defender getting you crosses. Like at any point he could get thrown into the attack and there you go you've got an extra right. attacker that you've got in your lineup so let, let's play a game here we have we're building a fantasy lineup and you you have to choose one of the three you can have Joven Jones Alessandrini or Ladero um, who do you want in the most factoring in price and the position you can put them in keep in mind that Ladero is now forward eligible as well Right, yeah, I think you got to go with Ladera there, especially if you're building a cash lineup. Like, if that's you know, if it's like a draft style format, and like you're the only guy that gets them, then yeah. yeah, that's that's probably who I'd go with. Ten or eleven hundred, fifteen hundred dollars less than Alessandrini, and you've got that forward slot filled. So I'd probably go there, but I do like Alessandrini out of all of them. Like, price not being considered. All right. I would take, I mean, Joven Jones would be my priority out of those three, to be honest. Okay. I mean, he's he gives you such an advantage in the defender spot, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, and I, mean, I think 19 this is plus a, points in three, three of his last four. Like, that speaks for itself right there. And you're, I mean, if you get Dempsey and Ladero back in this one, um, pretty scary, I think. So we'll, we'll have to see, obviously. Um, I just, it's really hard to not use him these days. And this is a slate where I think you can, because if you don't take a, a $10,000 plus type of guy and you go for maybe the David Akam, a Lloyd Sam, those type of guys, you have enough money to, to play Joven Jones pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you can I, pair him with, with Hollingshead, who's, you know, is not cheap, but for some sure. of the options out there, like that's probably how probably how you'll fit Jones in is finding that 3,900, 3,500 to 3,900 defender that's going to potentially get you 7 to 10 points. Yeah, my the other thing to mention is Kelvin Leardham uh, debuted last week for, or no, two weeks ago. Yep, but last but, uh, week was his breakout. Last week was his breakout. Coming out party. Yeah, 28 points. He's the was the fullback on the opposite side. And uh, he was kind of an under-the-radar signing for me. I didn't really take note. Um, until his breakout game. Yep. Um, but he came over from the Eredivisie, right? 
think you're right. Yeah. Believe. Um, yeah. I, not quite. The team that he came from is not on my mind at the moment. But I mean, a solid pedigree. I think he was kind of shuffled between their first team and their their uh, lower tier team, but. Has a lot of quality. I think I've heard him compared to like a Joven Jones that pretty much can't play on the attacking wing. He's more of a just a, an out-and-out fullback. He has enough skill that he can get up the field and contribute offensively. Um, also pretty fast, but just not not quite at the Joven Jones level of attacking prowess. Yeah, no, I like it. I was going to definitely mention his name if you didn't. So um, it's going to, I mean... It's probably going to be either one of those guys, and I'd probably lean Jones, even though you are paying a couple couple thousand bucks more. But yeah, I mean, Leardam's definitely one to to keep on the radar and one to watch going forward in the right spot. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to get really brave, go both. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's doable. So, any other notes on uh, this game or the slate in general? I I'm kind of out here. Yeah, I think we about covered everything. It's unfortunate, like I said, the, uh, that we don't get to see two of the biggest names, Giovinco and David Villa, who were playing on Sunday. I wish they were involved on this slate, but I guess it does kind of make it a little easier, like not having to figure out how to work those guys in if you want them. So, yeah, um, I think we had multiple uh, questions and comments about our forward rankings this week between Giovinco, Villa, uh, BWP, and. Arudi was in the discussion as well, mm-hmm. um, but I I think me and you both agree that Javinko is just uh, right now he gets the home matchup. It's against a pretty organized New York City defense. But for for me, I think if you get even one of Josie and Bradley back, Javinko is just a a good play, even if he's somewhat injured. Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean. New York hasn't been, I mean, yeah, they've been organized at the back, but they've still been letting in goals. And Javinko, he didn't score this last game. He was at home, and he's super frustrated. I think he got off five shots. Like, he's just, you know, he's always raring to score goals. So I feel like he's the best forward on the weekend. I think he's going to at least hit the net once, maybe, you know, two or three times. It feels like whenever those teams get together, there's goals there. So that would be a fun one to watch. Yeah, it was tough for me uh, because V is obviously on a, a great streak as well. So that's a that is a game I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, maybe it's nice that I won't have to worry about it for fantasy purposes. We can just sit back and enjoy. We can sit back and enjoy Atlanta and Orlando. It's going to be another yeah. good game, I hope. Uh, yeah, there's well, actually a, a lot of good matchups this week. I feel like most of the teams that are paired off against each other are pretty. If not evenly matched, they're at least like interesting storylines. So even like a Sporting versus Chicago, or a um, well Dallas Vancouver is the one exception. I, I guess I would say. So. Yeah. No, there's yeah. I think there's several good games here. I mean, I'm even kind of looking forward to Minnesota and DC just for fantasy oh, purposes. Oh no! I, <laughs> I will admit. Um, I, I don't like, know if I'll watch any of that one, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, we'll just, it, it does feel like there's going to be some some fantasy implications there, so I feel like you can't ignore it, you can't avoid it. I might not watch it, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually <laughs> going to be down at the beach this weekend, so I'm not really sure how many uh, how many games I'll be catching. I may even stay away from this slate, believe it or not. Try to enjoy. Oh a, a little, man, wow! A breather. That's 
What have you done with the real Skyler? That's right. Well, I'm, I might actually be driving, so I don't want to oh, distraction. Okay, gotcha. um, but maybe I'll be back in time to catch that L.A. Seattle nightcap, and maybe we'll get a get to see uh, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah, I guess he's gonna be in attendance. Maybe we'll, he'll pop up on the big screen. Yeah, have have fun, <laughs> Andrew, and uh, we're looking forward to getting you back next week. So, that right. said, uh, signing off. I was JD. We also had Skylar. Thanks for joining us, and good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.